Good morning, and welcome to episode 589 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus, brought to you by the Baseball Reference Play Index. I am Ben Lindbergh of Grantland, bringing you a bonus Thursday podcast, but not, as you might suspect, to talk about the Will Myers trade, which Sam and I might discuss tomorrow. Earlier this offseason, when we went to a three times a week schedule, one listener suggested that on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I turn Effectively Wild into a podcast about video games, which I write about sometimes at Grantland. And when I say one listener, I mean literally one listener. No one else suggested that. I'm sure no one else even thought that. However, we are taking that listener's suggestion today. Some of you might remember episode 427 back in April when we talked to Owen Good of Polygon about the release of MLB 14, the show, and what makes a good baseball video game. Today, we are talking to someone who has actually made a good baseball video game. His name is Scott Drader, and he is the co-founder of Metalhead Software, an indie studio from British Columbia, my home away from home. Any chance I can get to to have a Canadian on this show, I will take. (laughs) On Tuesday, Metalhead released Super Mega Baseball for PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4, and I've been hooked on the game for the last couple days. Speaking of Polygon, the, the site just before we started recording named Super Mega Baseball its sports video game of the year, and I don't disagree with that sentiment. So I wanted to talk to Scott about what makes Super Mega Baseball good and what makes it different and how it's made. So hello, Scott, and thanks for coming on. Hey, Ben, and thanks a ton for uh, for having me on here. Uh, let's talk about video games. <laughs> yes, let's. So on a blog post on your site when you announced this game a few months ago, you said that it had been in development for, and I'm quoting, freaking forever. So how long is freaking forever? How long have you been working on this game? How big is Metalhead? How many minds have gone into this game? Uh, freaking forever is, is about uh, five years, uh-huh. though, though the early years were um, split between sort of spinning this up and also doing some other stuff on the side to keep some money coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of the cliche uh, basement startup story mm-hmm. um so it was two of us at first and then and then eventually we once we had sort of a little bit of a prototype together we started showing it around and and bumped into some uh very talented people uh who have a ton of experience in this industry and they jumped in on the project with us and uh helped us uh helped us get her done i think it was probably about six to seven people at peak, not everybody was working full time at that time, but uh, there, w- there was six or seven people contributing, and, and then uh, back down to about four or five, uh, nah, yeah, four or five, sort of towards the end. Um, mm-hmm. And we're we're three full time at this point, so still really really small, but um, yeah. And and uh, the other thing I should say is that our background wasn't actually in video games, mm. but um, sort of like more scientific and engineering type software, uh-huh. which which. Uh, quite a bit of translates to making video games. I mean, software <laughs> yeah. is software, so uh, you can definitely take what you've uh, learned doing other stuff into this industry. But uh, we had to learn a lot, and uh, there was there was a ton of people to meet, mm-hmm. as you can imagine. Yeah, that's sort of the backstory. And so this is your first release or first high-profile release. So what is it? like to go from incubating this thing for five years and I can just imagine based on my own experience with anything I've worked on for a while before it's done you convince yourself that it's terrible five times and then you think it might be okay and then it's terrible again 
And I would imagine that once you've invested all this time in this thing, you you kind of lose your objectivity, or at least you might fear that you lose your objectivity. So how confident were you that it would be well-received, and and how gratifying has this first reaction been? Uh, you're exactly right that, that when you sort of, you know, sit, sit amongst just your team and, and are working on it by yourselves, that you completely lose track of you do lose your sense of uh, objectivity entirely. And and the only thing that helps you with that is is like continually putting in front of new people. So, mm-hmm. you know, we stress about every little detail and all that and, and all that. But, you know, as long as you have someone that hopefully isn't too close of a friend, someone tangentially, you know, that you know, that, that you know come in and, and, and try it out and say, hey, I, this is actually pretty fun. That's sort of like that's what we use to ultimately gauge is this thing ready to ship or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we knew that we, th- I guess we thought it was going to be decently received, mm-hmm. but, uh, the reception has been even better than we thought. Um, we're blown away by what people have been saying. Uh, and yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's an amazing feeling seeing all these people talking about this thing that has been for so long, just been this, uh, just within our, you know, our team and our, and our friends and family. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things we talked to Owen about when we had him on is the consolidation of franchises in the, the sports video game market and also the consolidation of styles of games. And you wrote about this a bit or alluded to it in your announcement post on the PlayStation blog. And you wrote, and I'm quoting now, there was once an era, and you'll know what I'm talking about if you've been around for a while, when a variety of new sports games came out each year. Indeed, the genre has gravitated towards fewer new titles each year. We once had titles ranging from casual to ridiculous to arcade all the way up to simulation. A lot of these games lived at the nice overall level of complexity where you could plop yourself on the couch with friends, even if they weren't huge sports fans, and go from having no idea what you're doing to having a blast in just an hour or two. And then, as you said, this is this has changed. I mean, right now there is really one flagship baseball title. If you are an Xbox owner, there is really no baseball game unless you count the the remake of RBI Baseball, which you probably shouldn't. So, and, and we've kind of seen that in in all sports where you know you you don't have NFL 2K anymore. You just have Madden, and you just have the serious simulation style game. You don't have NHL hits or NFL blitz or NBA street or NBA ballers or all these different kinds of even licensed games. So what is going on here? Why, why has there been this consolidation do you think? And what made you want to break the mold a bit with your game? Well, I think there's a, there's a proven audience for the, there's clear, it's not an opinion. It's a fact. There's a proven audience for, uh, for the, ultra realistic um really complex simulation games and Mm -hmm. and they've become very good at what they do and have huge followings but but it's it's more that they've sort of like people have become scared to make something different at this point i think partially you know out of like we can't compete with this or uh there's these exclusive licensing agreements that prevent us from entering this market and having a chance but we just sort of said, like, we can make something for a low enough budget that it, the, the risk isn't going to be there, that, that some of the bigger studios would have to take to mm-hmm. make something a little more casual again. Um, so so it was, it's, it's sort of just a risk thing. I think, I think the big studios 
they've found their 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 following and they've got a loyal audience that that has very specific demands and it's expensive for them to like they, they, they've they've polished the, their product so well that it's becoming expensive to to improve the product further like you, mm-hmm. the, the better it gets the harder it is to find ways to make it better so we just said well let's let's do something really new and really different um in a, in a really different style and and hopefully that will be refreshing mm-hmm. uh in the current sort of landscape of, of, of sports games that are out there today. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it takes so much effort to make one of those simulation style games on a, a new console or new technology that even the big developers have had trouble doing it lately. I mean, not only, yeah. I mean, <laughs> missing release dates or making release dates, but launching without half the features in the game. It seems like that's gotten to a point where even that is difficult to do on the, the yearly release schedule. Oh yeah, that just uh, sports games in general are are really complex games with nasty uh, AI and artificial intelligence and and physics and animation mm-hmm. problems like hockey and football. You know, there's 3D characters running into each other. Uh, they've got sometimes they have sticks in their hand. You know, there's just there's just a lot going on and. Uh, they're hard games to build from scratch, so mm-hmm. uh, pretty hard to just decide, hey, let's make a sports game. And, and is that why maybe there's been less innovation from the, the indie market in sports games? Because, I mean, that a lot of innovation and great art design and, and unique concepts have been coming from indie developers in recent years, but not so much in sports. Uh, obviously, if you're an indie developer, you can't afford an official license to use actual player likenesses and team logos and everything that would cost you millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. But is that why there hasn't been that kind of innovation in sports games? Is it just the bar to make a sports game that actually works and seems somewhat like the sport is just too high? I think that's a huge part of it. Um, just, just, just to get to sort of like a a basic feature set that that people expect in a sports game you're already looking at a pretty pricey project uh that's going to have to have um, a lot of people involved mm-hmm. or at least you know a lot of different disciplines uh mm-hmm. involved um and and, and <laughs> actually the other thing and i mentioned this to you earlier today but you know like i think i think the people that start up video games i, I just through all of the people i've met uh recently you know I, I don't i don't know if the the type of person that like likes to start a video game company tends to be a huge sports fan mm-hmm. um so so maybe, maybe there's a little bit of that too um i have to mention the golf club here obviously because they sort of um they're not a tiny studio but um the team that made the golf club as far as i know is actually pretty small and they really did bring that course editor that they put together for that mm-hmm. game is is really really impressive and i remember sitting on my couch like a year ago thinking oh, uh oh man it would be so cool if you could sort of like like why hasn't someone made a, a golf game with a really awesome course editor uh-huh. and, and then and then it was like four months later or something <laughs> that, that they that they announced their game and and uh they did they did an unbelievable job of that so so i think there definitely is um it's like just now become possible like the the, the tech that's available um for a smaller developer to get started with that sort of like baseline technology that you need to sort of to, to base your game on is is real there's some really great options out there 
and golf golf club i think used the popular unity system and, and we used a, an engine called fire engine but these are these are advanced things that uh, are advanced engines that that uh, were not available to small developers and tended to be sort of propri- proprietary technology uh for, for the big companies that were making these type of games you know Mm-hmm. in the last couple decades. So I should ask you then how you got into baseball. You're you're from Calgary. You live in BC. It's not necessarily a, a baseball hotbed. <laughs> and, and as you yeah. said, maybe the industry is not totally into baseball. So is this your sport or did you just think it would it's, be it's a sport that you could make a good game about or how did that come about? Definitely my sport. Um, uh-huh. I grew up in the cold prairies, uh, Calgary, Canada, and uh, played played mostly hockey and baseball uh, from a pretty young age. And uh, I was better at baseball, mm-hmm. and played it right up to you know basically uh, about to go play it in university. Uh, but throwing fastballs in like Canadian April weather <laughs> isn't necessarily good for the long term uh, projection of your arm health if you know what i mean uh-huh. so anyways uh, yeah I, I just i d- totally destroyed my rotator cuff and uh and that was that mm-hmm. and then and then and then got into uh computer programming in university so mm-hmm. um those two things sort of like clicked together and it was like oh well what you know how how can i how can i combine sort of what i've learned in my life or something mm-hmm. and baseball video game popped out so Super Mega Baseball is is arcadey. It's lighthearted. It has kind of a, a cartoony animated look. It's pretty simple to pick up and play, but it's also a, a pretty faithful representation of baseball. And the more you play it, the more depth reveals itself. So what what spiritual predecessors were you thinking of when you were designing this game or, or conceiving it? What kind of tone did you want to recreate? There were, uh, I, I love, I mean, that was my childhood experience involved around, you know, or revolved around playing sports and, and then playing sports video games uh, at home. Uh, Tecmo Super Bowl was huge, obviously not baseball, but I, I sat and played seasons in that game repeatedly till the end of time. Uh, RBI Baseball was obviously a popular, or like we we played multiplayer like our baseball teams would sit and play that for hours on end uh after games and that kind of thing mm-hmm. uh base people sort of have been talking about baseball stars which had had girls in the game which mm-hmm. was cool people like that and sort of you could make your you could buy players and make your team better and stuff so right and super mega like, baseball has the same thing it has women on the team yeah. it has old men on the team you can yeah, customize yeah. the appearance of everyone baseball, baseball stars has been the one uh that that people i think think it's most sort of you know, you know that that's sort of the the one that i think people think it, it follows the most in terms of sort of the spirit mm-hmm. but yeah and I, I should say too that like you know it's not just about like i wouldn't say we were going for the simple gameplay of that era necessarily mm-hmm. like we, we we did want and I, and I hope that people see in in super mega baseball some sort of so, some new mechanics some mm-hmm innovative improvements on the genre yes uh, ask here you about and there. That just a minute but yeah yeah uh, but but like it's more like what we wanted to sort of like take from that era was was the really the the, the experience that's really conducive to it being social with your family and your friends so really easy to sit down on the couch and and, and get very quickly to to having a good time mm-hmm. so like p- part of how we did that was making sure there's a there's a ridiculously wide difficulty uh, sort of like spectrum on this game. 
the default setting, frankly, if you've played any baseball video games before, is probably going to be pretty easy. Mm-hmm. But that's because we want people to try this that uh, would, would you know, maybe be intimidated or uh, a little bit uh, overwhelmed by the complexity of, 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 of most sports games these days. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned the new mechanics. I, I've, I've been a baseball fan a long time. I've been a gamer a long time. I've never really been that dedicated a baseball gamer because I've never really been convinced that it translated as well to the medium as some other sure. games do or some other sports do. I mean, the... I enjoy NHL games. I like the skill stick system or, you know, FIFA has the skill move system. It's just this very kinetic, visceral thing where the the joystick is mapped to some aspect of the player's movement, not just directionally, but actual appendages. And it just, Mm -hmm. it feels very much like you are playing the game, whereas baseball is largely timing based. You know, you press press a button to throw the pitch and you press another button to swing the bat and there's not as much of a directional aspect to it, but you seem to have solved that problem to to some extent. And and the pitching system that you developed for this game is is new and is a refinement, I think, on what we've seen for decades of baseball games. So how hard was it after all these baseball games, which have worked, you know, in the broad strokes more or less the same way for years? to reinvent something and how did you come up with the idea for this pitching system which i guess you can also describe for people who haven't played uh yeah that well the the pitching system was actually like we 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 had a we had a system in place early for multiplayer when you're playing sitting on the couch with someone uh that, that we liked but um it didn't translate well to playing by yourself versus sort of like an ai because it's just you don't you don't need something complicated when you when there's another human being sitting beside you who who you're you know you're you're trying to actually guess what what they're expecting it's just like real baseball there's a real human being there to deceive and uh and playing against an ai like you can't you know you can sort of maybe try to emulate that but at the end of the day we just said we we have to we have to do something that's a little more interesting and make it fun to just try to throw good pitches uh Mm -hmm. i mean Pick pick correct pitches as well, but make it fun to throw to throw sort of pitches. And the idea, but well, we we went through about four different pitching mechanics and ended up like immediately throwing several of them in the garbage because like we we start from scratch, build something, try it for like two days, and it was over straight in the garbage. Didn't work. And then right, it's funny because the people have been sort of I think they like the pitching mechanic. Uh, it's one of the things that's getting a lot of attention about the game, which is funny to us because it's actually the thing that came together. Uh, probably the last mm. of all the mechanics, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's just sort of this thing where you uh, th- the idea behind it is sort of like finding your release point, but uh, you basically are going to pick your pitch ahead of time, and then during the pitch you're going to be adjusting um, a little reticle towards the target that you've chosen right in that split second before release, and if you miss that point, then uh, your pitch isn't as good, and the AI batter is. Uh, likely to take your yard a, a lot more likely to take your yard and if you hit it you know you get that sort of sweet pitch with and uh, you know better chance of getting it past the batter mm-hmm. and i mean something i've always kind of wondered about it i guess so so when you you start with the fire engine which is it's made by sony computer entertainment and so mm-hmm. what does that get you what does that give you where does that leave you because the the whole process of 
of creating a great a game more or less from scratch might as well be magic as far as I'm concerned. And the, <laughs> I mean, the game, it feels like baseball, the, as cartoony and arcadey as it is in certain respects, the baseball moves like baseballs move. You know, you swing and the ball goes where you would expect it to based on where and when you swung. And that seems like a prerequisite. It seems like a simple thing, but I would imagine that under the hood, it's quite complicated. So how much of that is trial and error? How much of it is advanced physics? How much of it is the engine itself? Uh, well, I risk uh, describing this in a totally you know, overly techy way or whatever, but, um, that's okay. Our listeners can handle it. <laughs> but we actually had the prototypes running on a totally different engine before. Um, but the reason we needed to change to a different, to fire engine was because, uh, things like performance and sort of like what fire engine does a great job of is, is making it easy to, to get a game running really fast, fast enough that it feels ultra smooth when you're playing, uh, on, on some of this, you know, like, what now is actually pretty old hardware, like a PlayStation 3 is, you know, what, what is it, seven years old now. Yeah. So uh, there's not a, you know, super powerful machine behind that, but you still want to, you know, you're trying to push the graphics as far as you can. So so these engines do, a, well, Fire Engine in particular does an excellent job of uh, t- taking out a lot of that really low-level work. Um, you still have to handle all of the, like, it's not going to do any baseball simulation for you. That's all mm-hmm. you got to do that yourself. Um, uh-huh. But but it takes care of drawing everything and making it all run really fast and making it integrate with like well PlayStation very well. They they handle a lot of that stuff. So mm-hmm. um, th- that was definitely helpful. And mm-hmm. I might have not answered each part of the question you just <laughs> asked. But well, so the so the baseball simulation part that you then have to build on top of the engine is that it can you borrow from other games can is it trial and error is it let's see this oh, and yeah. see if it feels like a baseball or no if... no i mean yeah i mean you you can't really borrow from another game because all you you just you have to just sort of look at i mean it's better reference to just look at the sport itself as opposed uh-huh. to looking at what another game does because if you look at what another game does you're just going to pick up whatever you know it does which may not be you might as well just look at real baseball mm-hmm. so uh and and it was it, it is in a sense it's it's it is it's iterative so mm-hmm. you just you you make sort of a simple version of you implement a behavior of like okay well, this is what a player does when they chase a ball uh and then you let it ride for uh, a few days or a week and if if it doesn't and then you just keep doing this on each element of the sport until you kind of uh get to a point where nothing stands out anymore the easiest way to do it is just to look at okay what what are we simulating the worst right now um what looks ridiculous to someone that understands the sport the most Mm-hmm. And let's work. Let's improve that until mm-hmm. something else sticks out a little bit more. So uh-huh. that that was kind of the whole process. Just uh, you know, like we we had some really kind of like not so great looking behaviors in there for for like long periods of time. But eventually, those became the behaviors that people were complaining about. I mean, I mean not not the public, but the people mm-hmm. that were testing the game. So right. that's the stuff you pay attention to. And if you just keep doing that for a long time, eventually, it all sort of balances out and, and looks okay. Mm-hmm. And this is something that Owen and I talked about also, but how much calculation is going on? Something as simple as hitting the baseball, which which seems like it is a simple thing, that it is 
largely the user's control, right, when you press the button. But I imagine that there is a lot of stuff governing what happens after you press the button. There's the the player's attributes or, or the character's attributes, because every hitter and pitcher in the game has certain skills in power and contact and various other categories. So, and you're you're not necessarily directing the ball as the player, so what governs whether a ball is a ground ball or a home run? How much, how much, you know, be under the hood processing is happening at that moment that we don't see to to have this seemingly simplistic result show up on the screen? Okay, well, uh, secret, don't tell anyone this, <laughs> but it it's actually a bit more wired to the to the input that the player is providing than it is like. It's not like, oh, we're doing, you know, ball is like hitting the, the like surface of the bat at this angle and at this speed and sort of uh-huh. thing. Like you can, you could, you could do that, but, mm-hmm. um, then, then your system is going to be really complex. <laughs> right. and we, then it we, won't run on PS3. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's actually a little bit more wired to the input that's provided than, than most people might guess if they were trying to sort of like reverse engineer the thing. Uh-huh. Uh, cause it, it, at the end of the day, it's more important that. Uh, you get the result, you know, just, just like if you, if you, if you, if you swing at the right time and you swing in the right location, uh, you're going to be expecting a clean hit. So we don't want as much, we don't want anything unnecessary going on, uh, in between sort of taking that input and deciding where the ball is going to go. So Mm -hmm. it's actually not, you know, it's not a lot. I mean, I shouldn't say it's not complex, but it's, you know, if the ball's above the bat, it's going to go up Mm -hmm. and so on, you know, if it's towards the end of the bat, you're going to you know, slowly lose some of the hit velocity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then spin is taken into consideration too. So balls that are hit opposite field tend to have a lot more slice on them and so on. Uh, and yeah, home runs, I, you, you got to take into consideration that backspin on a ball because it's like if you, I think there was, do you know who Alan Nathan is? Yes, uh-huh. physics of baseball expert, yeah, former, yeah. former if, podcast guest. If you yes. type baseball physics into Google, you can't help but run across a lot of his stuff. So mm-hmm. that, was, that was no doubt like really interesting reading like and sort of like just trying to, you know, like is, is what we're doing here like semi uh, close to what actually happens in baseball. He, he's written a lot of really cool stuff that uh, was, was fascinating to read. Uh, mm-hmm. that his name just jumps out because we, you know, we – we had to scour whatever we could find, video reference, you know, just watching the game on TV, this and that, to try to get it, things to unfold reasonably. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, his name just sort of stood out as someone who's published a bunch of really interesting stuff about how the sport actually works. Mm-hmm. And one more question about how the, the sausage is made. How do you teach a computer to pitch? <laughs> because this is something that that people talk about all the time, what's the, the optimal pitch selection and sequencing and whether pitchers would be better if they would just randomize their pitches so that no one could guess what they're going to throw and yet human beings can't ever do things truly randomly. So when you're teaching an AI to pitch, what do you tell it to do? Uh, that's actually, that's really interesting because, because uh, you know, I haven't necessarily thought about that question outside the context of of, of like just making this game. Mm-hmm. But um, like just from having watched what sort of worked in this game, it like we have we haven't necessarily measured exactly which strategy is the most effective, like in terms of how well a human does versus certain AI strategies. But um, random works really well, definitely. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like if you just just making sure like 
you don't necessarily need patterns uh, to, to deceive a human is what we've learned for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, well, one, one thing that, that the game does is uh, the, the pitchers actually, as you increase the difficulty in the game, they start to throw a lot more uh, pitches to the corners and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, that, that it wouldn't, it's not surprising that that would you know, make it a lot tougher to hit, of course. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, just, uh, it's, I guess it's hard to describe. Like, random does work well. Like, uh, the, the, we, we had some sort of, like, other strategies in there. I mean, count-based, like, p- picking, uh, you know, the risk of the pitch you're going to you're gonna throw based on the count certainly helps, too. Like, I mean, we, we all know that that is, uh, is a, you know, genuine faucet of the sport. So you're not going to throw... You're not going to throw um, your, your, you know, right to the corner slider on two and zero or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time, anyways, you got to get a strike and get back in the count there. Uh, so the, the the pitchers in the game do do a, like it's it's a sort of a decision tree uh, based on the count. Mm-hmm. Um, I could totally bore the hell out of everyone <laughs> by trying to attempting to go into any more detail than that. But uh, let's summarize it with uh, random is effective, and uh, yeah, like we've seen just from changing the mechanic around that people are definitely expecting that their sort of like willingness to swing at a bad pitch is hugely dependent on the count. If you write an article about that in great detail, I would read it. <laughs> Consider doing <laughs> I, that. I don't doubt it. <laughs> um, so it's a, it's a fairly full featured game given, you know, the, the size of your studio. I mean, there's, there's a season mode and we've talked about the, statistics or we haven't talked about the statistics but there are full stats kept for batters and pitchers and we've talked about the the physics and there's a leveling system and all the customization but i'm sure there are some things that you would have liked to include if you had had lots of time and lots of money what was the hardest thing that you had to leave on the the cutting room floor for this game uh we we had a really cool um tournament system partially implemented uh-huh. uh it was a local thing i mean i think we're realizing at the end of the day that lots of people um people don't get together in their living rooms and play games quite as often as mm-hmm. uh, it, maybe that's maybe it's not even that they don't do that anymore it's just more that like i'm an adult now and not a kid that actually can just go over to my friend's house and play video games anymore but you know yeah. I, I don't know we were pretty pumped on that but in hindsight maybe maybe that was actually a pretty good thing to cut because i don't we haven't even necessarily seen in these first couple of days. Most people are playing the game by themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't wait to watch people play it against each other on their couch with four people in that. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of people want just you know they're looking for uh, something fun to sort of like you know kill kill a free half an hour here and there in the evening. Mm-hmm. And you know they're they're not planning their social life around playing their their baseball video game. So yes, um, yeah. What what else was there? Um, charging the mound would have been would have been pretty sweet, <laughs> uh-huh. no doubt. <laughs> Uh-huh. And uh, we, oh God, bat flips. Mm. Like, yeah, I just oh. <laughs> that would have been popular. Oh yes. <laughs> no, there's like, yeah, there, like I can just sort of see this cinematic shot where you know if you if you hit it and it's like clearly gone. Uh, <laughs> no need to watch the ball. Let's cut to the batter and put on a show here. So yes, so. Uh, Right, yeah. you can charge up everything else in the game. That the throw strength is determined by how long you hold a button, and there's a power swing where you do the same thing. So mm-hmm. that would work well with bat flips, also. So put that in the sequel. I'd love that. Yeah, there's a bat flip mechanic where it's actually a meter, <laughs> has no effect on if you actually <laughs> right. do well in the game or not. It just 
just how sweet your bath lip is. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, yeah, I, I actually am primarily a, a single-player gamer, but I bought a second controller just so I could play Super Mega Baseball with my girlfriend because I'm such a romantic. Um, so there's no online mode, which is you know understandable given the constraints that you were working with, but also maybe understandable given how hard it seems to be to have an online baseball game that works. It seems like lag is a, a big issue, particularly with, with baseball. Is that Was that a consideration for you? Yeah, I mean, I haven't tried out necessarily. Like, I, I don't spend a lot of time, or I haven't recently spent a lot of time playing some of the online modes in, uh, in, in, in the AAA space. But mm-hmm. um, like knowing how hard it is to make some of these other elements of a sports game, uh, we already have a huge amount of respect for how smart uh, a lot of these people are. And if, if, you know, even they are occasionally having some issues with their online modes and sort of like nailing a smooth online experience, we're not going to just figure that we we're going to sort of keep it under wraps and not, 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 not assume that we'd be able to do something that, that works uh, great without, you know, a, a huge amount of time and effort. So mm-hmm. that, 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 the answer is yes, that was definitely something that came came into consideration there. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt that that's very hard to do. <laughs> and I think the the unsung star of this game for me is whoever did the voice of the umpire. And I'm just going <laughs> to just going to insert a few samples of the umpire voice right All here. All right. All right. Play ball. This guy is, I think, my favorite fictional umpire since Enrico Palazzo, maybe. So who who did this voice? How, how did you find this person? Uh, well, there's four different voices in the game. And, you know, because of our budget constraints, they're all voices from... Uh, from the, the, it's all the developers, actually. <laughs> there's no one, no one was hired uh, outside to do this. We just basically... Uh, Everybody came to the office one night in the evening. Uh, our sound designer got us together, and she said, "Okay, guys, you know, sit down, have some beers, and I'm gonna sit here." Yes, you can tell that co- whoever did this voice had some beers first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just coached us through it and made us get totally silly, and <laughs> and that that's sort of how that came about. But um, it's all it's all people from the dev team. Cool. <laughs> So the question that you, the last question that you have to ask any artist, any developer is what are you working on and what is next? So are you planning to expand Super Mega Baseball or port this approach over to other sports or do something completely different or don't you know yet? You're, you're allowed to enjoy the victory lap for now. What, what we've uh, decided to do here is like, it's like towards the end of the project when we were thinking about you know, what, what needs work? What, what do we need to put more time into? Uh, like you find that without having it out there in the wild and, and getting a lot of feedback from people, you don't really know what makes sense to do next. So we're, we're, you're just guessing what's going to be the best addition or the best next thing to do. So it's really nice to get it out there and have people starting to give some feedback. And what we've said to everyone is that we're going to actually sit here and wait for a little while, um, the number one focus is going to be just tuning what we've already got. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's being shipped there, a whole bunch of code, a whole bunch of features and stuff that are being shipped for the first time. So um, I hope they're pretty good so far. But you know, if, if they need to be tweaked, uh, if there's some basic things that can be done, 
that are like relatively low effort that make the game a lot better. Well, let's do those things first um, and then decide uh, where to go after that, which could be I, we're, we're getting requests for for more content, you know, like more teams, more stadiums, like additional customizability. Um, another one, obviously online is another big one. People are looking for like a deeper, like a deeper kind of single player mode. So like more of a franchise type thing. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, there's sort of these all these other other things that people are, are 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 requesting, and we just have to sort of wait and see which ones of those stand out in terms of us. You know, it's a it's a balance between how much demand there is for it and and how much effort. Like you know, c can we actually get that kind of thing done in a relatively uh, near near time frame? So mm -hmm. we're just telling everyone get jump on the forums and let us know, and we'll and we'll uh, have a look at everything and. Well, that's that's great. People can do that at various places. They can find you on Twitter at Scott Drader. They can find your studio on Twitter at MetalheadSoft, or they can find your website at MetalheadSoftware.com. Give the game a try. It is, it is cheap. It is fun. It is refreshingly different from the other sports games and baseball games out there. I don't know whether I'll have a chance to write about it, although I'd like to, but you can read about it at Polygon and other places and, and watch some gameplay videos at YouTube to see if it looks like something you'd be interested in. Thank you for joining us, Scott. Thanks. It's time, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Uh, so we will be back tomorrow with more baseball talk, non-video game related, most likely. And we welcome your emails and questions at podcast at baseballperspectus.com. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash effectively wild rate and review and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and support our sponsor, the play index by going to baseballreference.com, subscribing to the play index using the coupon code BP and getting the discounted price of $30 on a one year subscription. We will be back tomorrow.